Pearl the Jam Pearl Jam, Jam song. Jer- uh. Jeremy spoken. Face today. Oh, that's all I know. I fucking hate that. Song she said. Fuck that band. Oh, I got a little story for you. Is Eddie Vedder on the podcast? Yeah, right. <laughs> that's, that's a big that's a big get for us. Why Welcome I... to Beer in a Movie, our special <laughs> guest today. Eddie Vedder. <laughs> He bought his ukulele. The only, the only thing I uh, really like ever remember about Eddie Vedder is the Weird Al song. My baby's in love with that Eddie Vedder. She's going crazy about that Eddie Vedder. <laughs> I don't, rem- I don't know, that know that one. one. Yeah, oh, I think no. it was on Running with Scissors or something. Like that. Oh. But, I, but at the time I was a kid, you know. And yeah, the reason sure. I was into Weird Al was because of the I met him in a swamp down in Dagobah, and yeah. it was on the same record. And I was like, who the fuck is Eddie Vedder? Like, yeah. wait, you know? wait. You you were singing Yoda, right? Yeah, Yoda. yeah. I think that I'm oh, pretty sure that. Oh, was it like Eddie a greatest Vedder... hits compilation? Or no, in an album. No, it was on an album. Well, yeah, but Yoda was th- that was on like an early album. I no, know. No, 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 no. That the, was the, like no. no. The early albums were like My Bologna and yeah. another one. Yeah, the bus. No, 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 no. Yoda, Yoda came out. That that song it's came out in like 1999 or 2000. It was on Running with Scissors because that song came out uh, around the same time as Phantom Menace. When that new yeah. thing, came. yeah, 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 it was. That, you're right. It was about that time. Yeah, it was on Dare to Be Stupid from 1985. Thank Yoda you. was. Yes. Oh well, I'm super fucking wrong then. Yeah. So that I, I thought I was, I was banking on your intelligence yeah, on this. I thought you, I was you had, right. You had the album name was, and everything. I was six, man. Leave me alone. Weird Al, the first album. Weird Al in 3D. Dare to Be Stupid. Poker Party. Even worse. UHF soundtrack. Right up through those. I think I even had off the deep end. That was the Nirvana cover, um, but then after that, I really didn't go, go hear to Running a few with Scissors. I will. I think that's a, a. Let's see. Okay, that's a studio album. Running with Scissors, tenth studio album, released in nineteen ninety nine. Where's the track listing? That Maybe he redid it. Maybe he. That was one I had on CD. Because he talks about Anakin in that song. Well, there's no, 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 no. The one I'm thinking of the is, saga begins. The saga. That's the one I'm talking. A which long, does American long Pie? Time ago. Yeah, it, that's that's the song I was thinking. Okay. Of, not Yoda. All right, there we go. Uh, but, okay. Anyway, does it have the Eddie Vedder song? On yeah, there? it's the second track. My baby's in love with Eddie Vedder. What's the song that it's a parody of? It's a style uh, parody of the Zydeco. So it's a more original song, but yeah. doing Zydeco. it in Zydeco. Cajun. Oh, interesting. Probably some accordion. The saga there. begins. That was the. All it right. wasn't Yoda, it was that one. That was the one that I got fucked up on. Are Anyhow. we recording? We've been recording this whole time. Okay, so you we got all that solid content about put this, at the, right. put this at the on end. wax. Yeah. <laughs> this is the post credit sequence. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Beer in a Movie, the podcast where we talk about two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, Weird Eddie and, and Al. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but for real this time. Welcome to Beer in a Movie, the podcast where we talk about two of the greatest art forms known to humanity beer and movies sometimes we achieve outstanding pairings and other times we give ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths i am your host carlos cooper with me as always dave gurney joe hilliard and today Mm -hmm. we are gonna drink some beer and talk about movies yeah kind of a novel concept for us oh what are we talking about outside our usual format yeah um, so Joe, what do we got? You got you you uh, you brought some stuff. How far do you want me to stretch to make this tie to the featured film of as uh, far as you time? can? Yeah, really go for it. Well, 
the first three letters of this brewery's name fit the first three. <laughs> Middle Ages is the brewery. They're out of Syracuse, New York. My fiance was traveling through there recently and yeah. picked us up a bunch of beer. Maybe, I think she's going to come on in a future episode. Thank you, Aislinn. Anyway, this Shout is... So, you know, I don't know much about this brewery. They're out of Syracuse, New York. They visited, enjoyed themselves immensely, and brought back a crap load of beer from all the breweries they visited. This is their single batch 35. Now, Carlos, you, you, David, both, you guys know that uh, some of our favorite breweries do single batch releases. Mm-hmm. Uh, something small, a little, usually a variation on one of their flagship beers or one of their other popular beers, and they'll do a uh, a, a single batch with an adjunct, perhaps, or maybe they'll double drop a uh, double dry hop an IPA that they have, and that's what's happened here. This is their uh, New England IPA. But this is a single batch variation. It is the number thirty-five, which is double dry hopped with Azaka, mm-hmm. Citra. And Mosaic Hops. Mm-hmm. Boys, it clocks in at 7.8% ABV. Love that. Uh, so um, this is, uh, I, I, like I said, I don't know much about the brewery, but I have just, in the little research that I've done, they're widely distributed in the, uh, certainly the Syracuse and surrounding areas. All right. Very cool. Yeah. Right so on. this is, I think, uh, the first time for all of us having a Middle Ages beer. Yeah, I do, I and do not recall. Yeah, and and uh, here it is, pouring nice oh. and golden, light. Actually, kind of a lighter. It's a yellow. little yeah, it's yeah. Light, yeah. beautiful color. color. Hazy. Ooh, I like that nose. Oh yeah, that mosaic. Ooh, Citra. So good. All right. Yeah, great. I, great, I think I'm going to enjoy smell. this one. I, I shouldn't shouldn't be so presumptuous, but uh, definitely going to enjoy sipping on this. So. Uh, as I was saying, we, we could tie it in that, you know, this is Middle Ages Brewery right. and uh, the film. Harkening gonna... back to a much simpler time with much simpler notions. Oh, there you go. Okay. Looking backwards. Um, this this <laughs> film here that we're going to start the episode with, uh, current release, Midsummer, uh, Ari Aster's second feature-length film um, following up on Hereditary, the film from last year, 2018, that we did on the podcast, and I should have had the episode number um, ready to go, but it was one of our early... Scroll down. One of our early episodes, probably single digits, actually. um, That, uh, you know, this follow-up that takes the premise of a group of American students, graduate students... Anthropology students. Anthropology students. Going with a friend of theirs who they've met through their graduate program, uh, who is originally from Sweden, and he's going home for this midsummer holiday festival that his small... It's called a commune. Yeah, he he calls it a commune. Right. Um, This group of people that live together, Mm -hmm. sort of isolated Mm -hmm. in uh, in the Swedish wilderness. Yeah. And there they're going to take part in this festival, observe the festival. At least one of the uh, graduate students is considering uh, doing his dissertation work on these kinds of festivals and rituals surrounding them. And so, so they travel there, they go, and then once they get there, um, things don't quite line up the way that they expected. And, uh, and, and well, I think, odd I think they had happening. no expectations. <laughs> well, they're that's going true. to a festival that their friend is in their little community. Right, right. And, and it turns into a horrific nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Eventually it does get there. Now, there's a plot point that is critical to understand a lot of the motivation of the film. Yep. 
And uh, that is the idea that in the first just few minutes of the film, in a very, I think, screenplay economic manner, mm-hmm. we're introduced to the idea uh, that the heroine of the film, the female lead, the insert, final girl, insert name here. <laughs> uh, Florence Pugh. Thank you. Uh, has a horrible tragedy in her family. Yes. Uh, where she is essentially orphaned. Yeah. Uh, at the grad school age because her bipolar sister does mm-hmm. uh, a murder suicide with her parents. Right. And that's the, this is like the very opening of the film. And yeah. it should also be said that the her boyfriend, uh, we learn later in the film that they had been in a relationship for just shy of four years. Right. Uh, was kind of doing all the talks with his bros and others that it's time to maybe split up. Yes. But you can't split up with a girl. Right when her family is killed and her sister then commits suicide. Yeah. That's really poor form. That would seem like it, yeah. So that their relationship is strained is essential knowledge. And like I said, very economically done at the very beginning of this movie, right. in the screenplay-wise. Right. Why she would go yeah. at all. Why they're going at all. And that they're anthropology students and one of them is working on their thesis and they're just going to have a little, you know adventure right and then she is uh he guilt he's guilted he feels guilty enough to ask her to tag along in a very strange kind of uh way but yeah. but it, which only adds to the kind of relationship uh tension that that that's going on right because even before she learns for sure that her family is essentially gone yeah um, he, we see him talking with his friends and we see them kind of encouraging him to split away from her right. and, you know, that he's... And him, does him, him mulling over the very idea to do that. Yeah, it's obvious that he's shared sure. some of his discontent. Are you talking yet or can we continue? <laughs> we continue. Okay. And, uh, and then after that, like the, like you say, he kind of begrudgingly asks her to come along only because he's kind of trapped into uh-huh. it because she learns that they're going and he hasn't even told her that they're going right. and so he kind of like well yeah but it's at that point and, and and have either of you, all, all three of us have been in relationships prior to our current one where we have broken up with someone or we have been broken up with and there is this weird been broken up transitory with. period in there where you're trying to figure it all out or maybe you know that your significant other is trying to fit and things are awkward and weird and strange and not right which is just fuel to to end the whole thing yeah and that's where they're headed except for now they're in a, a very interesting situation. And I want to also say the trailer, there's two trailers, the short and the long trailer for this. The long trailer is a very effective trailer because it sets up the notion that you're going to see some folk horror. Yes. But it doesn't lead you to understand anything that you may be seeing. It sets no expectations except it's a horror film uh, uh, directed by the guy that did Hereditary. Like, that's yeah. all we kind of know. Yeah. And so it opens up to the idea that he can show it, that there's a lot of potentially shocking things to show us and what would occur in a isolated commune that is uh, uh, you know like a self-sufficient type environment right where everyone is a slave to the traditions that they have created now david i guess it's time to get into the nitty-gritty yeah and and i'll just start out by saying i really like this film i i, li- I like this movie very very much yeah I, and 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 i can't wait to tell people to watch it with a lot of disclaimers. Mm. What are your disclaimers? This is a horror movie. Don't be fooled by the <laughs> lack of horror in the trailer, even though you think you're going to see a horror movie. This is a horrific movie. There's horrific imagery in this film. It's not yeah. a horror movie. 
You don't think it's a horror movie? No. Are you talking now or? No, I'm just. Okay. You can keep going. <laughs> well, I guess we could do a whole thing about what is a horror movie. Uh, it's certainly horrific elements, and there's suspenseful scenes, and you are uneasy while watching. Mm-hmm. It's not a thriller. No. It's definitely not a thriller. No. No. It's. it's I, I think. What are your other disclaimers, though? I, I want to. Oh, oh you're going. You're, you're, I want to know what the rest of them are. You're going to see some shockingly gory scenes. Like what? The suicide scenes, uh, mm-hmm. the splatting bodies, the hitting of the head with the mallet, and yeah. seeing it over and over and over again. Okay. It's it's there's there's gore that, and then the other thing about the film that I really like, David, and I'll give you an opportunity to talk before Carlos, I guess, is going to tear this movie a new asshole. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, <laughs> if I'm reading the signals correctly, yeah, um, is the stark light of day, yeah, the absence of moody nighttime. You know, right. cl- cliche yeah. uh, that horror has to happen. It's not a cliche at nighttime. I understand what you mean? It's in a dark room. It's in a haunted house. It's, it's, in it's a, a convention thing. of horror. This is to, to have things in shadow. Well, it's and, a convention because what's unknown is scary, right? And the darkness is unknown. The sun you can't see. Yeah, the sun yeah. is bright and shining throughout and the entire film, and all of the horror is in bright, bright, stark daylight. Yeah, and I found that just fascinating and a great like a great way for a filmmaker to to to, to mess with an yeah. audience yeah it kind of shifts like what there, the, there was no shadow to put over the right. goriest part of this right. scene yeah well and, and it shifts what the unknown is right i mean if horror is so much about like this what's fear behind of the, dark the unknown corner. what is yeah. it like the unknown here isn't like what's lurking behind it's what's within us right it's it's what's in these traditions that have sort of formed people and what is in the past that hasn't necessarily gone away. Um, I, I mean, I, I found that really interesting, and I agree. I think visually, this came across as a very unique kind of horror film, though, as you already kind of alluded to, there are precedents, right? There is this concept of folk horror, mm-hmm. horror which I had not really thought about a whole lot before seeing this film, honestly, right. even though I've seen some films that would be considered folk horror. Right. Um, not a whole lot of them, right? That, that I that I've I've been uh, acquainted with. So it it was an interesting experience to see that. I thought that the the relationship element was not something that I was anticipating just based on what I had seen in the trailer. But it made total sense with Ari with Ari Aster, um, given his interest in family and relationships in uh, his first film, Hereditary. What relationship element are you referring to? The um, the couple, the uh, Danny and um, it Chris, was it wasn't Christian. it wasn't clear that they were a couple in the trailer because it, it, it was abundantly clear no it to was me. I just didn't think about it I don't know I was just thinking about it the seemed imagery. to me like one of the like core plot points well then let's me. let's consider my reading of the trailer a failure well, no no no. <laughs> no 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 I'm, I'm just I'm Idiot. just no I'm just saying that to like to me yeah. it seemed to be very much about the fact that he invites her his friends don't want her and they're in a not a good place in the trailer because you see the guy say like dude for real like her again you know i don't know you're probably right i i guess i but you root for her and you root for her to have a support unit given what we know that she's going through and that she doesn't have that in a very good way he tries it, not, not well. Very well, yeah. Uh, uh, is, maybe the Is part of the ten, the the tenseness, tenseness, mm-hmm. yeah. tension, tension. Thank you mm-hmm. of the entire situation. Yeah, but I feel like we're not. We haven't even yeah. di- dove into the film yet. 
Well, you're not wrong about that. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, once you get there to this, you know, um, distant location, yeah. and, and there, which is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. which which like is the way the structure, like the entryway, the like structure of the entryway right. is fantastic. The, sun, like the architecture yeah. of the buildings right. is. It, just stunning. Yeah, and, it's a well, well art directed film. Yeah, and it probably not a huge budget on art direction and set production because it literally is a kind of like a, a, a big field yeah. with and the whole thing takes place there. Yeah, with uh, di- the different structures that would be required to have different rituals. Yeah, mm-hmm. and to 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 store safely the books of prophecy yeah. that are created by purposefully inbred and therefore birth defected. Humans yeah, within the community. The um, there's a yellow, teaser. The yellow tent thing as well. I loved. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. loved that. This sort of forbidden temple that the, yeah. that nobody is supposed to enter that yeah. comes that's very important in the end where the essentially it's the site. So of their within sacrifice. Yeah, within the film and at the very beginning they talk about how you know we are basically a. a it's not very an agrarian society because they don't see a lot of agriculture. Well, there's, there's mention of a garden or two. Yeah. But uh, we, we, I thought this was actually fascinating. We uh, divide our life into four seasons. It's mm-hmm. the, by 18 year increments. Your first 18, 18 years is spring, new right. growth. Your second 18 is summer. Uh, the, you're, then, you're, then come the third 18, which is your hardest working years. And then the final 18, you end at 72. Where you get to rest and just you know enjoy the fruits of your previous labors, and it's uh, what happens when you turn seventy-two. Well, we could quickly learn what happens when you yeah. turn well, seventy-two I mean, he, in this community. He jokingly, right? Uh, um, is it Pele? Pele? Um, jokingly, you know, like draws the hand across his neck as if, oh yeah, you die then. Right. You do. I mean, <laughs> right. that's what you find out. And it's that, all purposeful, yeah. and it's all self... It's, it's approach, you get to choose that you take this route. When you turn 72, you know that it's done. Every single tr- meal that they have is uh, with the um, accompaniment of psychotropic drugs in liquid form. Uh, or they're just keeping our band of American visitors, or not, not even American, multicultural visitors... Uh, high is that what's going on, or is everyone high? No, I think it's just for them. But then yeah, they're all drinking well. that tea for the Maypole dance. Well, that's true. They they do they do give that that tea to all the ladies, who which might which might be, be part of the competition. Dancing, the yeah, last person that, dancing gets to be the queen. That might be. That's a good point. Um, and they do they, they do take mushrooms there at the beginning yeah. in a very open way, yeah. where they kind of introduce this idea of of doing the psychedelic drugs. It's a, yeah, it was a much more psychedelic film so when you I turn 72 you go to the top of the mountain and you jump off in front of everybody and mm-hmm. uh die a really gruesome death what's well, a celebration yeah and if right. you don't die they'll come with a big mallet and smash your head and yeah, children right. will come over and smash your head. i mean like a different townsfolk will come over and smash yeah, your head. you can't just lie there of course not that would yeah. not yeah. that would not that would be disrespectful to leave your right departing loved one in mercy that way. Killing, yeah and so you've got the rituals created by a society where no one's looking Yes, and mm-hmm. it's you know I found that part of it fascinating, and especially the root place where these rituals come from, which would be very childlike and very basic, but then um, enforced by o- an older generation who know that they're all marching toward their eventual suicide slash murder by mallet, uh-huh. and then very strict governance of how breeding is, uh, occurs. Yeah, and uh, when uh, a female is ready to, what do they call it? Breed? Do they say breed? Ready to lay? 
I don't remember exactly, but ready to mate. And then that yeah. ritual is 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 very disturbing. I mean, because you don't see kind of graphic, especially if you ever see male nudity, you get to see it in spades and here, uh-huh. but you don't get. I mean, it's just it was just it. There was no censorship, which I found great. It was fun and, and interesting, and uh, I, I enjoyed the movie very much. And then, of course, at the end, she breaks up with her boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> in, a, in a manner of speaking. Yeah, uh, fairly yeah. definitively. Yes. Yeah. All right, Carlos, go ahead. I'm very eager to know your position on this. Did you even take notes? Oh, I, I, you said something that I wanted to come back to, yeah. and I'll forget if I don't write it down. But, but, okay, uh, before you go, David, you, I mean, I thought this was a great, great horror movie. I knew movie, David was going to love and it. And I haven't seen uh, Hereditary. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. My One son called me a fool for going to see this movie, having not seen the director's previous well, work, because that's what I do. Of course I mean, not. But, but I, I'm interested in, now more than ever, going back and checking that out. Yeah. I, this guy impressed the heck out of me with this movie. Yeah. I, Disturbing and stark and, and, and great. I enjoyed it. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I well, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I, I've already said I really enjoyed the film. I thought visually it was yeah. very captivating. I think there's some really interesting camera work that goes on there. Yeah. The editing in certain sequences was really, really nicely done. I Real thought, subtle I handsets. The sound design was incredible. I loved the soundtrack. Ooh, I just some floaties. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was just a very well put together. Film now. If I had any criticism, like negative criticism here, it's that I think pacing-wise, probably could have trimmed fifteen minutes to a half hour from it. I think it could have been just as effective with a a little tighter edit, but it it didn't bother me to the point where I was ever pulled out. If of you it. took thirty minutes out of that film, it would be a completely different film. Uh, it's this. It's the plotting, pacing, as you know, you're headed towards some kind of hellish something or other. Yeah, that really, really worked for me. Actually, yeah, I was never bored. I never looked at my watch. No, I was. I was never bored. I just there. Were, there were times where I felt like it could have moved a little more quickly. Like I'm okay. I get that this is happening. I understand that this is not a good situation. Let's move on to the next event. Let's yeah. you know. Yeah. So I, it didn't bother me as much. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're wrong. All right, Carlos, hit us. Okay, so it's uh, uh, there is some stuff that you guys said that I agree with. I thought the art direction was fantastic. I thought the depiction of the psychedelic trips was mm-hmm. was great. I loved that. There's hints of them going on um, in the background all the time. They're yes, subtle. Yes, it's great. And, and, and then I noticed, less subtle sometimes, the grass is really Whenever moving. I noticed the, the, the subtle bits, and, yeah. I was like, oh, this would be really interesting to watch again. And pay more attention to those smaller details yeah. or know? take or take some drugs yeah <laughs> well or the second time you pay attention to smaller, the third time you do anyway yeah um so you know in the midst of the film mm-hmm. i was like oh man this would be a really good movie to watch again i mm-hmm. should see this a second time mm-hmm. hmm. um but yeah i i mean one of the things i love the most and it maybe it is just my um affection for scandinavian architecture but I really thought the buildings were, they were so angular and mm-hmm. dramatic and like just them on their own was just interesting to look at. Just mm-hmm. baseline, just just let me look at the buildings. Yeah. You know, I could do that for a couple minutes. Uh, I thought So I thought that was good. I thought the final girl was good. Um, uh, what's that? Will Poulter, is that his name? 
the um, one who's the kind of he's kind of a dick, American, yeah. the ugly American. He kind of yeah. takes me out of it a little bit. Uh, yeah, I've seen him in other stuff, and it's just, yeah, I don't know. It, the, but I, I, I mean, I, I although I did start to believe him a little bit towards the end, I thought he was really funny when they did the mushrooms. Yeah, um, so yes, that was, that was great. Cause that was good because he's good. all gung ho, yeah. and then he does it, and he's the one who's freaking out. Yeah, and is, yeah which is which time. is yeah. pretty standard stuff. Like the loudest is always, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. The, and he's constantly got his vape yeah. pen. He's just uh, yeah. constantly. Vaping. He's just such yeah. a dick. Um, yeah. Asshole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But okay, so before I saw all this movie, and all I knew about it, I whenever I see any movie at all ever, uh, I try to know as little about it going in as possible. If I could avoid seeing like another trailer ever again, mm-hmm. I probably would never watch another trailer, just so that when I saw huh. movies, I could just go in blind right. and not, yeah, you know, have any. That's that's how I like it. I like it blank slate. Um, so obviously I'd seen the trailers for this, but I didn't like look at anything else. I didn't read reviews. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't do any of that stuff, but a friend of mine did tell me that he and the group of friends he went and watched it with were at the same screening as one David Gurney, Uh um, sitting a few seats down and Jake and Aaron and all those guys, uh, and they they said something about how David was laughing a lot. Uh, What's Dave? Like like in, like enthusiastically at some of it. I saw Spider Man with David the other day. And well, but that makes sense though. It, but so okay. So the the only reason I bring this up, oh, I get it. Is, is he was laughing at inappropriate. Part. Well, no. The only reason I bring it up is because they said that to me, and I was like, "What was he laughing at?" Because I'd seen the trailer, and so there was I, one scene I, that got so a laugh. I, I I had an idea of the tone uh-huh. uh, of the film, and I was like, "What?" what's funny in this uh-huh. movie, you know? And sure, there was like the scene in the beginning. Some wise cracking bros. Yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. But that I didn't laugh at. I wouldn't expect you to. Yeah. So I, I I knew it wasn't anything like that. And I, I know like, what, I, I know when you And know. I was like, what could, what could he possibly be laughing at? And he was probably laughing at the entire fucking movie because it's so fucking stupid. Oh, and like, <laughs> so laughable. So laughable at times that I'm just like, really? Are you fucking kidding me right I, now? I, I might agree with you on one of the laughable premises of the whole thing i don't know what you intend on getting into so the 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 ceremony the so fucking stupid what it's so stupid well come on i mean that's that's a broad give me some specifics give me some specifics i mean uh, so i mean i can tell you some of the moments i can recall some of the moments where i left yeah but but did you laugh when the lady started pushing on his laugh yes Pushing on his butt. Started pushing on his butt. Yes, yeah. You laughed out loud. Everyone yeah. laughed. Everyone at that. laughed at the thing. It was the so stupid. No, when it was, it was okay. So it was ridiculous. It was absurd. It was absurd. Okay. But th- th- that was the that me, was the the mood of that ritual that was going on. I gave you guys your time. Go ahead. Let me get to it. Uh, <laughs> I was I was talking to a friend of mine earlier today. He had sent me a review of this film uh, that I unfortunately did not have time to read before this, but. Some of the I the few things I said to him, he thought that I would have agreed with it. But and I realized in talking to him that I'm probably a lot harder on Ari Aster than I am anybody else, and it's because he's so good. Like he's so good until a certain point, and he's really he's the only thing he's better at than being so good for the first 75% of a film is fucking up the last 25. No one can fuck up a film the way this guy can. He can make a movie so good and then take a turn so 
ridiculous and idiotic that he just shits all over everything that he did in the first part. And it makes me so fucking mad because we could have such good movies if he wasn't such a head ass. And I was watching this movie and I'm like, man, this is awesome. This is a fantastic. I love this. And I, and which I was, I saw the trailers and the first time that I saw the trailer for this movie, and I know I said that I didn't want to see any more trailers for the rest of my life, but in this cir- circumstance, it kind of helped because I saw it and I was like, okay, what is this? And then it said, from Ari Aster, director of Hereditary. And I was like, nope, I'm out. I want no part of this because I hated Hereditary. Uh-huh. And But then I saw it again and then I saw it again and I was like, man, this looks kind of good actually. Maybe yeah. I'll go see this. And so I went into it and I was like, man. This I, is the redemption. I didn't like Hereditary, but I really hope he proves me wrong with the second one. And he did it. It was just as bad if not worse and so here so here are my complaints um it's really good up to a certain point and then it becomes laughable and ridiculous and just so when, i'm curious so when did it become laughable i mean the the hand on the butt thing is one uh-huh. that's I mean, really far into it i mean that's but, like okay we're, but we're, see okay and here's a and here's another this is another facet of what i'm saying is that you, we're talking about like a pretty like slow burn director, and he also has a formula. Like his formula is, I'm gonna bring in something gruesome and shocking early, earlier in the film than you're expecting. Uh-huh. In, in Hereditary, I won't spoil it for you, Joe. But in Hereditary, there's yeah. a scene that everybody remembers yeah. um, that happens way earlier than you expect. He, I mean, Go ahead and spoil. It. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm never in a million years would I do that. Okay. Uh, but we do it on the podcast all the time. But he hasn't seen right. it. He well, he should to. listen to our episode. I did. No, I, I did. There's something about blueberries. That's all I remember. No, okay. no, no, she, no, 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 no. Come on. Okay. okay. So, so in this one, I mean, yeah, like the murder suicide uh-huh. is pretty. But that one. But but then but. The, the we mo- knew they were going to jump off the cliff. What I said is, I guess what you're saying, calling the unexpected gruesome, is the camera does not cut away. Yeah. No, okay. So you see the landing. So yeah. So that's so that's part of the formula that I'm talking about. Okay. He does something that shocking, splashing gore. Yeah. He okay. does something shocking like that pretty early on. Okay. And then he re- returns again to the Cronenberg as slow burn kind of horror. Um, formula Mm -hmm. and then builds and builds and builds and so when you're following that format of making a horror movie Mm -hmm. the end better be fucking crazy okay you know like you're not gonna make me sit through two hours because this this is an hour and 40 it's a 140 minute movie is it not so if you're gonna make me sit through two hours of film in anticipation of the final 20 minutes those final 20 minutes better be fucking good and they're not it doesn't add up to a lot there's I mean, when it does start to get like quote unquote gruesome, it gets stupid, and I shouldn't be laughing in those scenes. Like, it shouldn't be funny. It shouldn't be so absurd uh, in that oh, way. Oh, and that's sad. Why do you have to have these? Why do you put these walls up, Carlos? They're not like, walls. Yeah. You're building. You're building the tone. <laughs> you're of drawing it's, these lines. No, What's he built the tone. I of love it, but I love it when a filmmaker can build towards something that's like, oh yes, I know where he's going, and then he hits me with something where I'm like, no, this motherfucker has other ideas. But he didn't do I, that though. Yes. No, he didn't. Yes. You always you were knew upset. where this was. No, you were I, upset. I, did, I no. did not. I did not. You're expect. talking about being upset. I, I'm just saying, I didn't expect that she would choose for her boyfriend to die. You're lying. No. You're telling me you didn't see that coming. I didn't know that she'd have a choice to do that. I didn't think that they would figure out a way to do something like that. I had no idea where the movie was going. I'm not saying that I knew that she was going to be given a choice. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I, I didn't 
get it that close, mm-hmm. but I knew that there was going to be some kind of infidelity and that the woman that's been eyeing her boyfriend the entire time, there's going to be something that happens with that. Right. And it's going to have something to do with the entire thing of the celebration or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that that was going to be an element and then it happens and it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, sure. Like we all knew this was happening. Now what's going to happen now? And nothing happens. All they do is have sex and then something stupid happens in the midst of that. And it's staged in a kind of ridiculous way. That's not really, I didn't think it was, ridiculous. that's not that disturbing to me at all. And then as soon as she's given the choice, there wasn't a single ounce of me that didn't know who she was going to pick. It's so fucking oh, Once I learned the rules of that little last game, uh, we knew where it was going. It's so obvious. Yeah. The whole bear thing doesn't really add up to anything. There's also this yeah. there's also this element especially in the trailer like oh we only do this once every 90 years. Do what? You're talking about the Mayday girl from last year and the year before. So do you do it every year or do you do it every 90 years? Make up your fucking mind. And then there's also the the issue of why are they doing this? Like what is the ultimate motivation behind this? Because there's there's two things that are really scary. When it comes to like, you know, horror and people being killed, there's someone who just has an insatiable impulse for it and can't control it. And it's just like some kind of psychopathic maniac that mm-hmm. has to kill people and doesn't know why. And then there's people that are doing it in a zealous way for a reason that they like truly, truly believe like I have to do this. Otherwise, X, Y and Z happens. A good example of some kind of ritualistic thing like this that has a motivation that makes sense and that you understand and that can give you that kind of like emotional, like, you know, fulfillment that you're looking for is in Cabin in the Woods the whole time these people are fucking with these five kids and they're so they're confused as to why. And then you find out at the end, like we have to sacrifice, we have to perform these sacrifices. Otherwise this is going to happen. This one doesn't give you any kind of background into the lore. It doesn't give any kind of anything into the lore. All it does is take you to a place where people are doing some kind of weird shit and you're never sure why they never explain it. What's the significance of the bear? I don't know. What's the significance of any of the things? Who the fuck knows? And I don't think it matters. It does, though. And here's why. Look, and you well, you may not think it matters, but this is... And I, I, I'm not saying necessarily that it has to matter, is what I'm saying, but in the way that this film is was made, the way the story's told, and the way it builds, it it matters to me at, in this point. And if I don't get a reason for... Or some kind of context or some kind... It's not even... You don't necessarily even need to explain everything to me, but give me just some ounce of something. of the Because I need the history behind this ritual. Like, it doesn't mean anything. Right. Especially because they're there on some, like, anthropological thing or whatever. And this, you know, commune's been there for forever. Like, why are they doing it? It, it's It's not scary to me without some kind of why. And... It's not scary to me when so much of the climax of the film is just kind of stupid and funny. Well, and the, the entire the why theater is, is laughing. because we've always done it. That's the why. Because that's what we do. So, okay. But, and to them, it's why, not horrific. But why, but why, did, it, why did it start? Why have you I, 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 I don't What's know. The, well, mid, there is not a Scooby Celebrating do- Midsummer is a thing. I, mean, I know that, it's a yeah, thing. Yeah. But there's no Scooby Doo moment. Where while they're running away, they get a few 30 seconds to talk about what they've learned before one of them dies. They've removed all of that. We're going to look at ritual. We're going to look at society. We're going to look at something that the outsiders don't get to look at, although it turns out that they probably do. 
The one thing, and David, maybe you remember this, I don't, is that they do say they do it every 90 years. But then they also do it every year. But they, there's, there's well, got, every year there's a midsummer celebration. But right. I, I believe the difference is every ninety. And every time years, someone turns seventy-two, they, they jump off the elaborate cliff. ninety. Or sorry, every ninety years they do this elaborate nine-person Person sacrifice person. that they build this temple and okay. they burn them. That was my right. And they, they never say that bluntly. And the other tourist-friendly like, parts of the adventure. They probably do every year, except for the <laughs> disposal of the seventy-two-year-old. Right, turning seventy-one. Shit. Yeah, that so can't. It's I a mean, year from just, now, re, you know, logistically, that can't happen every year. Um, yeah. Uh, that I'm, I'm glad that you brought up the nine-person thing because I've totally fucking forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, it's such an afterthought in this fucking script that you just forget about it entirely. I mean, it's it, not an afterthought because it's it's the bear, a, the bear in the yard, the 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 the, 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 an, the introduction of the you, characters that get put into there. You can write you okay. So oh no, there's a lot of screenwriting in this movie. You can write a script, yeah. have an afterthought of oh we should have these nine people, and then be like oh fuck, how do we justify this for us? Oh we'll just show the bear there. Oh we'll just you know. It's like, it's so like sloppy to me, and it's so meaningless and vapid. Which I think Ari Aster as a filmmaker is a kind of vapid filmmaker to me, uh-huh. and I think that he should just art direct in uh, what's DP he done movies. prior to Hereditary? Hereditary that's the, the, it, and he, Hereditary the, is a piece of shit too. We've watched he his career, stuff, two films, yeah, these two are, feature two films. Yeah, films. and and, right. and Hereditary suffers from the exact same thing. What it's is building it? up, it's building up really, really well, and it's about to be an amazing film. And then Tony Collette starts flying around the fucking room, and it gets really fucking stupid. Yeah. It gets so stupid. It. Also around a religious cult. I I think you know to me the you know I I don't know it does it just the end of the brood is shocking the end of scanners is shocking the end of the fly is shocking like all of those things have horrific elements they're slow builds but Mm -hmm. there's also some kind of there's some narrative thing in there that Ari Aster is always missing. See, I, I, think, I, I think we get a I, peek I behind the curtain I of a I mean, secret like, society. I'm, I'm aware that that throughout history there have been religious groups that have had belief systems yeah. that have led to. I mean, human sacrifice yeah. has long been a part of For our sure. history. So Jim Jones. Me, I mean, well, that's, it, but, it comes but in different like flavors. Comes, but you're pretending like it comes out of nowhere and it doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, no, this is like this is the shit about religion. That this is the roots of religious belief that I feel like we so often pave over with our happy visions of Christianity as it is today and as it's marketed today. That like, oh wait, let's peel back the layers a little bit. What was it that we were actually? Oh yeah, when we did these things. Once we you get zealous, holidays. It was all about like coming up with these weird like equations like if we want to have successful crop harvest we will have to kill xyz people like no it doesn't make sense but people do that no no i no and and i totally and i totally agree with that that a lot of a lot of that you know more i guess ancient or mm-hmm. you know uh, pagan a- antiquated pagan traditions but this doesn't even have that like it has a, it has That's... a sacrifice sure but why are they doing it like what's the like because for, once upon a time their forefathers said that's the reason that's not good enough that's it's the not, bible it's not good enough that's Look, that, that that's that's every religion that's everything also the, i and i think that it, we, we, uh, the thing that i wrote down was the inbred oracle thing because that never pays off that's the worst part of the movie that, and, that I, is and weird... also you don't fucking need the first 15 minutes of this movie they're oh bullshit! No, 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 no! The first fifteen minutes of this useless. movie is the most 
economic, and it wasn't even I fifteen think you need, minutes. I fucking I think, useless. You know, honestly, in, interesting. I would say in the first you? fifteen minutes, what about? I was not enjoying the first fifteen minutes. I thought, oh, oh this is kind of bullshitty. I don't yeah. really care. Like, yeah. eh, am I totally? And you know, eventually the actress was good. This Florence Pugh was good enough yeah. that I was kind of won over, and I'm like, okay, I feel for. Her. I'm like, she is good, but uh-huh. but it just comes. It's so cold. It's just like. Moment one, bleak. Family like, dies. Blah blah. blah. I'm like, well, I need to know yeah. the characters before I care about them. She got me there, but then by the end of it, I'm like, oh, of course, she needs to be an orphan. She needs to be totally detached, mm-hmm. so that then she can find this new family and totally become part of it. And that's, to me, that's the only way that that transition makes sense. And her smiling at the end makes sense. Is that? Oh, she's found this home for herself. It's a sickness. It's not good. It's not but that's, good. You know, but that's also, I think, what I like about Ari Aster is with Hereditary, with this, he's very interested in these these institutions, family, religion, mm-hmm. what be, whatever it be, that we tend to think of as very positive presences in society and showing us, oh, there are these negative aspects of it too. Like we need to be members of these things Blind so faith. much that we will do things to other people to destroy them so that we can be a member of this thing. We will do these things. And that's that to me is the scariest shit that exists in human it's not monsters lurking in the dark it's not scientists experimenting on things that are i mean those things are good i like those horror movies too but a horror movie that actually the family and religious belief are the roots of evil and the and the things that i need to watch out for those are the things that unsettle me and make me feel like okay yeah and my laughter in the theater is a laughter of of I need that relief of laughing when it's just so nervous, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I mean I don't I don't disagree with anything that you just said I just don't think that Midsummer really like hits that for me like a movie that I can think of that I remember watching and being like oh this was really good and this was you know it wasn't settling was Ty West the Sacrament which is heavily almost entirely based off the Jim Jones thing oh. and that one shows a commune that's run by one strong you know yeah. religious figure that's Charismatic, indoctrinated yeah. and that there's this these these are the texts this is what we believe this is why we believe it and this is why we have to do what we have to do and all those kind of things and midsummer doesn't really have that it vaguely references a text it va- vaguely references some kind of historical precedent for it but it doesn't it's just there's there's not enough yeah. that's that's really what it is is it's i don't think that what he did is inherently bad and that's why i said at the top of my critique of this that i'm probably harder on him than i am on anybody else currently because you making see promise movies, but you feel but like it doesn't it's but through. it's not enough what he's doing right now is not enough it's too it's too reliant on you know the visual stuff on the early scare on you know those kinds of things like I, th- I I think what it is is he's not a good writer. Mm. I you, I disagree on this film. I thought it had a fantastic script. Yeah, I think although I you think could see I mean, I some of the I note think, cards. I think he's you leaning could. more on our. He's hoping that we have an awareness of that these pagan practices have been in place. But, but again, I'm just, aware of that, and I, but it, it's but that's not that's not what it is. It's not about the lack of awareness. It's not about the lack of like, oh, this has never existed before. You have to explain it all to me. It's just that everybody's every ancient religion is different. Every pagan religion is different. like there has to you have to show me why do they believe 
that this is necessary. Yeah. How, and especially the every 90 years thing doesn't make any sense because the people that were present for this ritual will be long dead by sure. the next yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the time interval thing is weird too. But you they keep extensive records. You have but to. They, you but have they to, are. But actually, they believe that they come back. They do, right? they sure. Believe, yeah. But you have. They, they work their way up the table again to you, the, until they're the head of the yeah, table. Yeah, yeah. You have to show me that they really are zealots, and you have to show me how. No, you didn't see that? No, I did, but you mm-hmm. have to like why, but you have to show me why they are that way because I I personally and maybe this is part of it. Like people don't just wake up and do that. Like there has to be something that happens to yeah. you as a person and there whether it's like a moment where you snap or whether it's just that you have been brought up in this thing and there's reason enough for you to believe these things and it would make sense if they stumbled upon this place, if it was more of like a uh, like Green Inferno type of situation. But the fact that they have people going out into the world that can be ex- exposed to other more normal, uh-huh. I- as far as we're concerned, non-murderous uh, ways of life. And were, you still, raised, were you raised in a church? Yeah. Yeah, I think religion's the craziest thing in the world. Like, I'm honestly. Not, I'm not making uh, that statement. I'm just saying. No, but I'm telling you that about me. When you yeah. go into. Uh, man, I don't want to get too deep into that. Yeah. Uh, you it's know, just, it's the, the script is not enough for me. And yeah. it has so much. And I, What is the, the term the, when the reason, two people. Who we, we agree on a lot. I mean, we yeah. like good movies. Uh, David, you and I are on this side of the table. Carlos is on that side of the table. When we see the same thing and have just diametrically opposed reactions. I mean, I think that it just it gets back to. And it's we, not you're right. I'm wrong. It's no, not, no, I'm it's, right, not, clearly. Wrong. it's not. We it. all it's, have we we all have certain things that we bring to the text that we engage with. You know, a movie that we watch and that we take away from it. And that you know, there are times where you know we've talked about this on other episodes where you know there are times where we get really upset that oh it didn't follow this rule or yeah. this wasn't explained well enough. And then there are times where it's like oh it doesn't really matter. It's a fun film. Right. Like wait, I'm just having a good time. It's right. Men in Black International. Who right. cares? You know, <laughs> like that. There are certain allowances that we'll all make in certain circumstances, and yeah. there are others. And I, what I'm hearing from Carlos is that he respects Ari Aster as a filmmaker so much because he's able to show so much skill and talent in other ways that then when he messes these things up to his the last you know, 25%, his eyes, yeah. that it feels really like oh you you blew it like yeah. you you so much Big promise you have a good and yeah it's like it's like if it's like if Michael Jordan were to put up 60 points in a playoff game and then it's in overtime and it's tied and he, he misses choked. the final layup right. you know it's like just he, the it's way tougher to it's tougher to gauge when you you know like when we're talking about balls going through baskets that's an easy thing to measure yeah, and here, no, it is. It is here. It's like whether or not a strange ritualistic sex scene is effective or not, or is uh, or is described hilarious. to it's my stupid. level of requirement. Yeah, that's 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 going to be a very subjective yeah. thing. But the reason that I did the the basketball analogy is because I I do feel like the legwork that Ari Aster does in the first let's let's even say ninety percent of the movies yeah. that he makes is so good right. and he's really setting him up for so, himself up for so much success that it is astounding to me how much he can ruin it at the end sure it's almost unfathomable each time i see one of these one of his movies that he could have ever possibly messed it up because yeah. he sets it's it up a, well, so it's, well it's interesting i mean i think but 
the beer, you know, though. <laughs> I, I, I do think the fact that you are so upset by these, Richard, I mean, I think that at the very least, he is effectively creating a shift in tone and, and stuff that, that you're at least picking up on. And you may not like it, but he's, I think it no, says I something, it. I, say, I think it says something to him being able to push people's buttons. He can push my buttons for sure. Yeah. And uh, it, it may not be, you know, what he totally wants. But I, I just want to go but, back to yeah. one thing. I, I make two points. Sure. Number one, I don't find the violence shocking and horrible. I'm just, I'm, I'm talking in um, the metrics of what the American horror audience is used to seeing. There's all there's there's a cutaway. There's a trim down. I'm sure there's a more violent version that probably got a rating that they didn't like, and they had to trim some stuff out. But uh, and also, you don't the 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 mating scene the the with all the naked ladies of all the different sizes and shapes. Um, uh, just in a commune where our bodies are made to procreate, probably more than anything else. Uh, and there's hints of that in other religions that we all know about. It's um, and but but we are all to be involved, and probably probably in in a theory like that, the woman is exalted. That we got the queen of the maypole dance. The the woman is exalted as the as the 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 carrier mm-hmm. of the child. The man's just a tool. The, the the requirement to there's nothing you know. They tried to I. I, I don't. I, I found. I find sex in film and the way it's presented in 2019 to be very interesting, because you don't see in mainstream films. And this movie is making a lot of money uh, for a horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's putting him on the map as being a successful horror guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the way that The Conjuring and other bad movies. The like, Conjuring is like, a good movie. The sequels are not. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we disagree on that, but um, well, you're wrong. Yeah, that, so that's the thing. It's it's not my like audition. The movie audition, Korean yeah, film. Yeah, we're yeah. not we're not cutting away from the horrific violence, but you don't see that in American films often. And a movie like It, we saw the trailer for that for this film, uh, for It too. People will. Uh, I think there's a, someone saying that there's more blood used in one of the scenes with Beverly. It's like the than bloodiest has ever movie, been yeah. used. Yeah, that's like its claim to fame. Right but now. that's just red juice, and I yeah. can tell that it is. This, yeah. you know, this is more of a graphic, shocking use of. I was actually blood throughout the film. I just ranted and raved. Can you snip a little bit of that yeah, out, please? That was cool. I won't oh, and the second right point now. I want to make, David, I'm sorry that I interrupted you. <laughs> it's okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. He's getting frustrated, I can tell. He is? Yeah. He got what? mad. I think he got cut off one too many times. Yeah, yeah there were a couple in there. He hulked out. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. He's just like arms crossed, like very tense, just like... <laughs> He's laughing. I'm going to fucking punch one of these guys. He's laughing a lot, so we know that he's really stressed out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's how you can tell. What was your second point? I'm sorry. That he was saying sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No. I'm done no talking. Unless you want to talk about the beer. Yes, I do want to talk about do. the beer. Yes, we do. We need yeah. to do that. We need to do that. <laughs> okay, so a double dry hopped. We discussed dry hopped a couple of times. I thought this was super tasty. I liked, um, you know, it had that nice citrus flavor that uh-huh. I was expecting. Um, from the nose, when I was drinking it, very easy to go back. Very, I mean, smooth. Yeah. Um, I, I like that a lot. I agree with you. A solid kind of solid IPA. I mean, and the, the, the doubling IPA, yeah. and the dry hopping, if that's going to get the ABV up, it, it worked out in this one. Yeah. What, what did you think, Carlos? I I thought it was great. Yeah. I mean, it, it smelled the way that I wanted it to smell. It tasted the way I wanted it to taste. I mean, it was a very, very well executed Double dry hop New England IPA. Yes, it was Mid- middle ages. Infinitely better executed than Midsummer was. 
Okay. Well, there you well, go. Then well, good. Stay tuned. Then, then it helped you. I might to have wash a surprise for you. Taste of failure in the second half. In yeah. the second half. When we return. have your local brewery right that you love mm-hmm. and they put out their annual thing this or that mm-hmm. we've been traveling around corpus christi where we live uh, and a couple of our breweries have put out some special releases mm-hmm. that they do every year well imagine that we live in syracuse new york i imagine that as much as we like that single batch 35 number 35 that when it's announced that number 36 or 37 or the rest of them come out, we'd go down to that brewery and try them. So I would, yeah. This time, we just had the 35. This is a brewery, Middle Ages, out of Syracuse, New York, that's putting out single batches of their New England IPA with different changes. This is single batch down under number 36, New England IPA, double dry hopped with New Zealand Waimea and Australian summer hops. And they've put a little kangaroo in the 36. Yeah. Well, so they're, damned. they're going a little... Uh, uh, Down under. A little Australian. Stereotypical, yeah. maybe. Well, so, you know, th- th- there are worse stereotypes you could put in there than kangaroos. We enjoyed that 35. Now that's we're going, not a beer. We're, we're, this is <laughs> right. a beer. Yeah, we're going back right. for 36. And Wait, uh, is this Australian for beer? Oh, I think in this case it is. I thought Australian for beer was... It's too was bad. Why, when is our flosses. Crocodile Dundee episode going to happen? <laughs> I, have, I have one and two on Laserdisc. No you, kidding. Uh, do you have a Laserdisc player? I do at the store, yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. A working one. A working one. Wow. That's exciting. You never know what you're going to find. This episode brought to you by... <laughs> Hybrid Record. <laughs> um... So so, thank you, Joe. I'm, I'm and yeah, thank you, Raislin. Uh, th- this is exciting to get to try. And this one actually, it looks like it's a little higher in ABV than the other batch. Yeah, good call, David. Yeah. I think that first one we had was seven point what six. This is an eight point five, Carlos. Okay. It's going the Getting right direction. Seven point eight on the first. Yeah, eight point yeah. five. Yeah, we're trending upwards. I like that. Wonderful. This is this is good. But also, so, still build as a New England. Uh, yeah, double, which yeah. is visually at least accurately representing yeah. the style so for the second movie that we wanted to talk about midsummer with uh it was very fitting tie-in i would say yeah after having just watched this movie this morning certainly without me doing any research about it this had to have been yeah a um Whenever you like a no-brainer tie-in? Yeah. No, 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 no. no. Uh, influence. An influence, oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah 100%. Sure. And it is the 2006 <laughs> Nicolas Cage vehicle. Uh, <laughs> we're kidding. Man. I'm kidding. But <laughs> wow. we are but we are talking about the Wicker Man, but yeah. the original Wicker Man, not the Nicolas Cage. Starring movie. the Equalizer. 1973. 1973. Uh, yeah, Robin Hardy. Equalizer. Edward Christopher Woodward. Lee. Yeah. Which I didn't know that was Christopher Lee until the very end. Yeah, very young Looks looking. Because so well, 'cause different. I'm used to him in the yeah, more re- yeah, Lord yeah, of the Rings right. style beard, you mm-hmm. know, all that kind of thing. Um but yeah, so you have 
in a similar way that you have Midsummer. It, it's a it's a fish out of water kind of story, and a stranger comes into town type of situation, mm-hmm. and so you have a cop come in investigating this letter that he was sent about a missing girl on right. um, Summer Island. Summer Isle. Summer Isle. Mm-hmm. Summer Isle. And this is a Scottish mainland police officer going out yeah, to a to small isle- deserted island. Yeah. Right. Uh, a small private. Is it private? Hebridean. Uh, I don't know. In, it's, the re- it, I, in the remake, it's made explicit that it's private property. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, they no, they don't the because they because he does make reference to. Well, he has jurisdiction it, over exactly. It. Yes, okay. that they have okay. right. They're part but, of but, Scotland. But they keep saying, and they're like, "Oh, you need this person's permission," and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Anyway, so this guy shows up and he's like, "Hey, do you know this girl?" Everybody's like, "Fuck you!" No, we don't. Like whatever. And so he starts to discover more of the underbelly of Summer Isle as he investigates this disappearance of this 12-year-old girl further, eventually uh, revealing some very unsavory practices, um, some pagan rituals that they partake in. Um, And he's a very fine upstanding christian he is he's he's honestly the most fucking annoying person i've ever seen (laughs) like like when i was watching this movie like at the end i was like yeah fucking light him on fire man like fuck this guy you know (laughs) the how fucking like pre uh, you know i know it, 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 it might not hold the same weight because we are actually talking about religion but how fucking preachy he is and how <laughs> condescending he is oh, i'm a christian no but i think that right. comes you're though right. from oh, the idea so bad the scotland especially because it, it was a modern day movie it was happening in right, modern day set time. in yeah. 1973 he takes a, a yeah. little puddle jumper airplane over there mm-hmm. like a, a yeah um but i think that scotland oh god i hope i'm right about this i feel like i am is a pretty churchy country so in other words his pious christianity would work in Scotland, mainland, maybe. But when you send, yeah. One of the things I love about this movie, and I love this movie, let's say that at the very beginning, is that when you get to when you are the fish out of water, mm-hmm. and you espouse your views as the dominant views, where like they may asshole. where they may not be, they they're laughing at him. Yeah. He's ridiculous. Behind his back while 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 pretending to succumb to his be impressed by the authority that comes with the badge. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I I mean, look, don't get me wrong, I loved this movie. I thought it was great. And I can't believe it took me twenty seven years to see it. Because uh-huh. um, I I did really enjoy it quite a bit. But I just fucking hated this guy the whole yeah. time. And I so uh, even though I did enjoy it, I couldn't help but wonder as I was watching it, like, am I supposed to? Am, am I supposed to root for this guy? Is that like right. what's supposed to be happening right now? Because I'm not. Like, you know, the right. the fucking, you know, Sir Summer Isle or whatever the guy's name was, uh, whatever his official name was, Lord Summer Isle. Lord Summer Isle. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, this guy's fucking cool, man. He's got like a cool haircut. He's working that. He's like, he's fucking. Wor- he's working that kilt. They he's got, got a very nice kind of baritone voice about yeah, him. Like, they this got guy's, some good music on the island. Yeah, yeah. this guy's dope. The right. soundtrack to this movie is fucking great. Yeah. The music in Wicker Man is incredible. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, and there's a lot. There's a lot of kind of song, you know, that's like within the narrative, you yeah. know, kind of. Yeah. Like, a, a lot of people singing. Yes. Uh, which well, you, I enjoyed. You alluded um, the to the ending, good. but let's let's get I me mean, kind of get there. He he is. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You you. Well, he's. It, it turns out he's a virgin. 
Yeah. Uh, he's what a nerd. He's, he's saving, devout. He's saving himself for, for, That's right. for marriage. Yeah, well, because we get a very sultry, kind of illustrious, yeah. on the other side of the wall uh-huh. dance. That's awesome. I love uh, that scene. It's such a good scene. It's yeah. so, I mean, it's kind of funny. But it actually felt more 60s than 70s yeah. to me. But still, it was, it was really just like this wonderful kind of, uh, you know, nostalgic is the wrong word but like it felt like a throwback seeing it now like where I'm like oh this is meanwhile everybody's fucking in the fields right yeah yeah which yeah because there's fertility you know I mean I some of the same concepts that you see and and, and we got to see um Midsommar at uh, at Alamo, yeah. and they had, of course, they did put, put together a yeah. great little pre-show about folk horror, a term you used yeah. earlier in the thing that talks about that was born from the ba- they used this terminology in the pre-show back to the earth hippie movement. Like let's mm-hmm. let's what happens in nature and the and the uh, rejection of. Of, of Christian or religious ideals and, and, and throw back to Mother Earth and those kinds of concepts and right. take, taking them to a, a, a farther place. Yeah. Uh, so, which is the case here in Summer Isle. And, it, uh, the, and the crescendo is that they, once they learn that he is a virgin, once they learn that they can probably cover up his murder too, they will use him at the ending of... Uh, well, they knew that already before they invited him. Right. You're, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. I, it's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah. yeah. They, they selected him specifically. Right. And then uh, there's a, a ritual at the well, end. Well, in of, much yeah. the same way mm-hmm. that uh, the Midsummer, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, visitors were invited in, right? They, I mean, I, I, which is, you know, as Carlos was saying, kind of leading into this uh, part of the episode, I think watching this, which I had... I know I had seen parts of this before. I don't think I had watched the whole thing. And I definitely had seen the 2006 remake, which takes it in some weird directions. Love Um, it. But but watching this version in full now, after after just having seen Midsummer, it's very clear, like, Ari Aster must have watched it. And and been religiously. Because... It, the the the, <laughs> the idea of you know luring in an outsider or uh-huh. in the case of midsummer a group of outsiders right. who can fit these various you know specific role in a ceremony that needs to take place it's you know it's the same premise yeah. I, it, I mean it really is just another version of this same a kind remix of, of it a remix yeah absolutely remix culture um i so i think you know when when you see all that happening it was it was really pretty cool to 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 see him get lured in and how they played upon those things that they knew would be kind of pressure points for him um you know causing him distress but also pulling him further into the mystery right i mean mm-hmm. like they just play him oh, yeah. like a fiddle which is as Carlos was saying before, it's really funny because he he is the protagonist in in the you know sort of the traditional sense, yeah. And yet, it what the real pleasure in the film to me watching it comes in seeing them undo this guy, yeah. right? Yeah. And the fact that like they really do just totally have him dialed in, and they're able to lure him into this trap that they have, and then basically do the thing that they want to do. And as much as he tries right up until the end to convince them of the you know wrongness of their ways, 
They're just no, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> we know how things work. Yeah. We're, we're this is going to work gonna for us. We're going to get these apples no, back. We're going to have good crops next year. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, uh, "Do you not know of the one true Lord Jesus right. Christ?" Yeah. Yeah. Like, Shut the fuck up, man. Like, <laughs> clearly they don't. Like there's <laughs> no or you're not going to win them over right yeah, now by yeah, they, screaming at yeah, them for yeah, one. Yeah, or, just, or clearly that's a message that they rejected. Yeah, I mean it's, it's very clear. We're not going to. Yeah, we know about that. Right, yeah. but, but you're is, here to fulfill a different purpose yeah. that that is written by us or our forefathers. That right. is just as ritualistic, yeah. just as a uh, 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 cause and effect. The cause and effect of it. Yeah. Uh, but 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 the ones that are mainstream, the ones that are from your convention, are acceptable. Yeah. And ours are unacceptable because right. they weren't. They, they were rejected rather yeah. than, than than taken on. As you know a, what? One difference society has taken them and run with them. One difference between these two uh, films that we're watching back to back, I that I thought was interesting is you know you do have this very similar premise, but in the case of Midsummer, it's like th- they fully embrace this old vision of the world in terms of like the dress, and it may be because they're in this ceremonial time or whatever, but they're wearing these. This garb that we would associate with a with a past time, right? And they seem kind of there's no sense of uh, you know media coming into there. They're not watching to. Whereas in Wicker Man, it's a pretty normal place. Yeah, they do seem considered. pretty much like a 1973 fishing village, or so, yeah. you know, like I mean, they're dressed in contemporary clothing and everything. Yeah. So they just have their of, own special religion, right? Yeah, which which, which and in they some fuck ways, in fields at night in large groups and. You know, stand naked by gravestones and, you know, do strange sensual dances while knocking on the wall. You know, just normal stuff. <laughs> just that kind of normal stuff. Normal 1973 yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. So, very, I mean, I think really good pairing with Midsummer. I think it's it's interesting for, you know, I think Carlos, who, you know, di- didn't like Midsummer but did like this. I think it would be interesting for for other people who you know if if you had a problem with Midsummer, do you still kind of dig because because it's not the premise that gets you. I mean, like the, the no, premise is the same. It's, the it's more the execution. The why loved Midsummer of Wicker Man was explained or to loved, your satisfaction. Loved Wicker Man, yeah. not Midsummer, and the why of it. Yeah, I mean, so to me, was I, it, you were satisfied. I was because I get the fervor and the delusion behind what they're doing you know like there's a clear like it's it's all like the fervor and delusion is not the reason why they're doing it it's it's no they are because they believe that by killing him their crops are going to be better like that's a delusion okay so in midsummer this is just a thing we do it's just it's not for grain there's not like a purpose it's not a rain dance yeah they're just like oh whatever you know and and also it's a it's a more modest scale right it's one sacrifice they're bringing in versus this elaborate scheme to bring in all these different people and pitting this couple against each other and all this kind of stuff that goes on see yeah and you know obviously there's a lot of midsummer that i found to be silly and laughable and just kind of ridiculous but it loses some of its believability to me that they're just like, yeah, we just do this every 90 years. We go to like incredibly great lengths to, you know, lure these nine people in here just to do that. You know, just cause, just cause why not? You know, like that's a lot of fucking effort, man. Like I can't even imagine putting forth that much effort just because. But but would a why have been satisfactory? Yeah. 
The why the why in this one is satisfying. I mean, it's like I got a screenplay in a drawer and I never finished it because I couldn't figure out the why. <laughs> and it's a horror thing. Okay, and, so and it's the but why. You could have just made it in Ben Ari Aster. <laughs> I think I'm going to do that. You should. He's made a career out of it. You might as well. Every uh, single time a movie comes out that's somewhat similar to the one that's my screenplay, I get mad. I get mad at myself. I get mad at the world. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I. You know, because it does, I mean, not, I'm not of the school of thought that every movie has to, like, be wrapped up with a nice bow on it or anything like that, but it has to end in some way, or it has to have some kind of conclusion, which I, not that Midsummer doesn't, but, like, this one has a satisfying one, like, you get the end moment. And it's got a bunch of 70s cool. Lots of 70s cool, especially Christopher Lee, but you get the moment where the protagonist who could possibly be an antagonist depending on your point of view uh is confronted with the web of deceit and you know uh, manipulation that he has been roped into and he has to stare his fate in the face and try to change yeah. it you know like and he's until his last mm-hmm. breath he's trying to and that's he goes into his bag and, of tricks and that's the kind of that to me was the scary i mean i didn't find wicker man necessarily scary or no. whatever but uh but that's the compelling part it's just like here's a guy that thinks he's there to do something good right. and thinks that he's gonna you know whatever and he's lured into this whole thing and then yeah. it, once once he finally realizes exactly how well he's been played I mean, what can you, you know, what can you do? Like, what, and so that, I do, I I do like that part. And it it, it makes me feel like, it makes me feel like I saw a movie and Mm -hmm. not just a bunch of nice, pretty pictures Hmm. put together. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. And it didn't get, to me, Wicker Man, at at least in, 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 uh, relation to the rest of the film it doesn't get excessively silly at the end you know which is another thing uh, that i yeah no i I don't like about never really goes for i mean the closest i came to where i was thinking there was kind of the the absurd was probably the song and dance sequence where she was doing that B new you know, gyration. Yeah, right. <laughs> and yeah, especially she's when she's got some interesting moves. Shooting her from behind as she's like yeah. writhing against the door. Um, if only this was videoed, you could have seen David's uh, interpretation of the movie. It was great. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> there there was there was some fun stuff there. But but by and large, it's a very dry kind of film mm-hmm. where, you know, again, like and I think a lot of it having to do with the character um, you know, that Edward Woodward plays, where it's just like it's so I mean, he's just so um, un, unyielding, un, inflexible. I mean, it's yeah. just yeah. I mean, it's he so he is the embodiment of the law of of, of yeah. Christian law, right? Yeah, I mean, I this is it. a Christian nation, and I am the embodiment of that. I hate it every it second of that. But in terms of things that are influenced or are other versions of another thing, how do we feel about thirty six as opposed to thirty five? You know, we had that Orval series that you did, it's yeah, like three in a row, yeah, three different years. It's kind yeah. of a, the, the same but different. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I think a um, a style, the New England IPA or just IPA that we're probably all a little more fond of than mm-hmm. the uh, Trappistale. But we liked the thirty five. This is the thirty six. It's the same. IPA, but they then double dry hopped it with some uh, New Zealand and Australian hops, and you know, that's the marketing. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't taste the Australia in the glass, but it, it tastes mighty fine to me. Uh, what does I, Australia taste like? Shrimp, 
on the, the on the Barbie. Yeah, it's the first thing I could think of. <laughs> oh God, that's a fine answer. I guess. Yeah, uh, I think it's uh, I think it's very enjoyable. It's very interesting. I think I think thirty five for me was a bit more flavorful. Agreed. Um, it's the I, mosaic and the citrus. Yeah, I, mean, I was like going to say the hops. The hops they were using just bring more of the juiciness that I like with a New England IPA. So that that was this is by no means a failure. It's not to say, but it's just if I'm dr- drinking them side by side as we just have, I'm going to go back and ask for more of the 35 yeah, over the 36. Same. And that's even knowing that I'm getting more bang for my buck with the ABV on the 36. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, you know, we can say this from afar because we are not involved in the politics of Syracuse beer world. <laughs> Which I which I hear are intense. I mean, Very apparently intense. they bring in people from outside all the time, and they don't necessarily return. Yeah, I mean, just so to yeah. make sure that the hot varieties that's right are plentiful. <laughs> so if we were living in, let's say we we're doing this podcast really out went of Syracuse, in Syracuse just now. If, if if we were doing this podcast in Syracuse, we would be at the Middle Ages Brewery. I imagine if all of the beer, look at all the floaters in yours. I know I got a lot. Mm. I wonder what that is. Is that just malt? Yeast. Yeah. That's yeast. That's spent yeast. So what we're lo- what we're commenting on is the bottom of our small tasting glasses are big, big blobs Dregs, of yeah. uh, yeast. Mm-hmm. Which you know, if it's a small batch, you're gonna get that kind of stuff. I suppose you're still yeah. gonna use the same filtering though. You can do that even if the batch is smaller. It's more difficult. I feel like on a smaller scale. Yeah. Anyway, regardless, it's authentic. Uh, <laughs> we would. Let me get to the point. In Corpus, where we are, we like to go to the local breweries and try their yearly things. And without yeah. mentioning any names, sometimes I find some of them great, and sometimes I find some of them really not so great. But I don't like to say that out loud in the local market because everyone's my, you know, we're all friends. That you know, we're supporting our friends, the brewers. In uh, middle in Syracuse, when someone went to go t- taste the thirty six, I wonder if they were of universal thought maybe in Syracuse that this one didn't live up to the thirty five. You can say that out loud. We're saying it down here from the safety of uh, thousands of miles away. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think some of it's preference too. I think this the thirty six could might be true. Come in more and what we traditionally think of as an IPA, mm-hmm. not a New England IPA, because it is a little more bitter. Uh, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it was silent, so I didn't know if you guys disagree. No, I agree. I agree. <laughs> uh, and so you know if that's if 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 you're of the uh, you know like Sierra Nevada pale ale school right. where you're like oh yeah I want it as hoppy and as bitter and as like you know whatever then 36 is probably your jam you know if you and, and especially if you're one of those people that thinks that a juicy IPA isn't really an IPA or whatever yeah uh, I know I can see those. that yeah you might like the 36 more um, you know just like. You might like Midsummer more than Wicker Man. I don't know. And you can, I mean, you're also going to use different, I mean, they're not going, at least in the 35 and 36, we're not seeing any adjuncts like fruit or anything no, else. And it, so they're just making their uh, changes to this, to their yeah. normal IPA with the uh, hops. This reminds me of a, a beer that our friend Joey did when he was brewing. Um, the 35? No, both. Uh-huh. Because there was a release that he did of a hazy. But he did two, and the only thing he changed in the recipe was the hops, and the difference was significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I remember the the one that he used El Dorado hops for, I thought was just a fucking amazing beer. Yeah, not that I didn't like the other one, but I just thought the one with El Dorado was so much better. Um, 
and nothing, you know, nothing changed except which hops he used, not the amount of hops, not the, you know, anything, just the variety. And so I think this is an, you know, another example of that. Um, I'm sure the recipe is very similar. As we want to do on our Facebook page and some other social media, we will, you know, give a little shout out to each beer that we're, that we're, that we're tasting. I want to do a little research about this, uh, single batch series that they're doing there at middle ages. And if you're, and what their distribution model is, because, God, if I was in New York, I'd be buying this beer. Oh, for sure. This was this came from an, uh, a, a, a mule, a mule run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but as always, you can find us on... Wait. Wait, 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 wait. We're taking a break or are we going right into this? We're going right We're going into right it. In. No social media yet. Pull We're not on. done. You can't uh, stop me. Back whenever I uh, took the time to make a spreadsheet of all of the beers that we had drank and when we did the the the, the dates and when we did the uh what films went with which beers i was able to start counting our beers and i alerted you guys a couple weeks ago that we had a momentous occasion in the life of this podcast coming at it and i I don't need to be the one to give the reveal but we're going to open another beer for one reason and one reason only and that is because if we open and consume this beer we have reached a milestone What's that milestone, Joe? This is our hundredth beer that we've enjoyed on the podcast. Wow. Beer number one. Our hundredth beer. So the suggestion was, we've, tuss- we've discussed two movies. We've discussed two beers. Let's just open a beer and shoot the shit. And have a hundred. Yeah. Have we'll, our hundredth we'll, We will keep it 100, as they would say. <laughs> now, my fiance lovingly brought this down to us. Uh, but, David, this, this comes from li- your literal neck of the woods. So I thought maybe you could tell us a little bit about Maine B- Beer Company. Sure. I think this is our first from Maine Beer. Not at all. Have we had it? What did we have? Yeah. Let me consult the spreadsheet. Please do. We'll, we'll have to check. I mean, I've definitely... Was it lunch? Did we have lunch? I don't know. That's I brought some back last summer, so okay. I feel like maybe we had one on some... But, but, but let's not get distracted. Sure, you sure. love Maine Beer. We, we've had dinner. Yes. Okay. Dinner. okay. There we go. So Maine Beer Company uh, has been around oh, almost a decade now, but they are a craft brewery uh, that originally started in Portland, Maine, and now is based in Freeport, Maine. They have a pretty impressive facility there, actually. Once they moved into Freeport, they kind of built out this... This large facility, lots of solar panels. They're very environmentally conscious, um, but but all that you know, wh- whatever trappings they have. The the bottom line is they just make damn fine beer, um, and, and they, spe- they specialize in the IPA. They do. They they kind of, they kind of became known um, for well, they they had a couple beer flagship beers early on. Peeper, which is uh, a lighter kind of pale ale, but then they have this uh, lunch which is their sort of flagship IPA. And the beer that we had on a prior episode, Dinner, is their sort of double IPA version I of have, that. She brought some of that home, too. Um, and now they, they've kind of expanded, uh-huh. and they have a second dinner, right? She brought um, one of those back, too. Awesome. <laughs> and, and then they also have these other variations. And this Thank You, I believe, is a series that they do that each year they kind of alter the recipe and mm-hmm. bring in some different elements and you or Aislinn has brought this thank you 2019 it is a 6.5 and was bottled on may 21st i guess what i'm trying to do when we bring this beer number one we know it's a solid ipa uh, we love that style but uh, i guess we're saying thank you yes to our listeners to, our to listeners, the, yeah. the, the the brewers out there we had a hundred of your finest and we're just getting started 
Yeah, right. we have had enough listeners and feedback to have gotten as far as 100 beers. Yeah. yeah. A lot of podcasts don't make it so as far as we have. David Gurney and I went to go see Spider-Man. We could talk about that. Yeah. We could talk about uh, Stranger Things. That's out. Mm-hmm. Not a movie, but it's a thing we could talk about. And then someone earlier said that Midsummer isn't even a horror movie. <laughs> we could talk about what is and isn't a horror movie. It's more of a comedy to me than it is a horror movie. It's so dumb, but... <laughs> it's so funny that the Wicker Man, which was the same plot but different, to the similar conclusion at the end was just so much better than the other for you. Yeah. yeah. We've talked about that. Yeah, yeah we have. We have. Um, so the, or something or none of the above. Spider-Man, I... Man, I... I've, got, I've gotten a lot of flack on Twitter recently. Um, oh, have you? Yeah. Go ahead. On my personal Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not the Beer and Movie Twitter, which I should start trolling people from the Beer and Movie You probably Twitter. should. Yeah. Um, but uh, a friend of mine, uh, Justin, he tweeted something the other day. <laughs> it was like... Uh, why did Spider-Man have to go so hard the second time? Because he went and saw it a second time. And I asked him if uh, Normie Twitter had taken over his account. <laughs> and and I just, yeah, I just got a backlash of replies of like, oh, yeah, we get it. You're too cool for superhero movies now and stuff. But I, do you guys think they're all the same? Because I really do think that all the plots are the same. Like, it's really hard for me to not think that. Well, I I don't know. I mean, yes, there is there is similarity, such right? A you have people with superhuman abilities that are confronted with some other superhuman villain that comes in and yeah. they so, have to try to They literally so boring. Are all the same. They are well, all but, the same. But they were they have been all the same since the the comics. Superman, Batman, Ant Man, Spider Man. Ant Man was the third you went to. That was that was on the top of your head. Well, I'm just trying to come well, up with two insects. Man, I was, man. Try, I was trying to come up yeah. with two insects. The man thing is working, but we need more women. Let's do Wonder Woman, and they're all variations of the same powers. You're very rarely. Well, that, I, th- I mean, with there's any, a couple of different plastic guys. I mean, that you is know, I mean, that is the predicament of genre, right? right. Genre films are films that follow convention enough that they can be recognized as being similar. And so there's always going to be overlap and there's going to be similarity. And then what we look for, what people who get really excited about, well, even people who don't, but people who get really into genre often want, well, but then one, they want, things to come along that kind of subvert it or or change it or bring new conventions into the mix. Mm-hmm. And I think so, you know, you look at the superhero genre, which at this point I think we can call it a genre. I no, mean, 100%. At, at, at some point, you know, maybe it was a offshoot of action films right. or whatever, but now I think it kind of deserves to be treated as its own genre. And, you know, there are commonalities there, but we could point to films that have done you know, really um, unique things with it. You know, I think the Dark Knight trilogy is one that people will point to and say that... It's being well, more cinematic. Yeah, it went darker yeah. and, yes, more cinematic, and it kind of probed these sort of more, um, you know... The, the Joker won an Oscar. Yeah, right, right. Um, which, which, you know... The theme, Just wait till this new one. 
Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I'm, and I'm hearing that it's like totally apart from the comics. There, oh yeah, there's almost yeah. No the director, I think the director has even begun saying there could be don't a contention ex- of people that don't like this because it's not tied to really anything else. Right, yeah. right. If you're if 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 the, God, if, if, so, the, if the universe concept is important to you, yeah, and we probably will this. get into that if we continue talking about comic book movies as a genre, and then maybe into Spider Man. That would be interesting. A standalone yeah. thing with a character that you kind of know. I love it. Right. Right. I love that. But you well, were saying you were saying? Well, no, and just you know, so Dark Knight trilogy is one that a lot of people point to. I mean, I think, you know, Logan, something like, yeah, Logan, right, which we've talked about a little bit on the podcast before. Mystery Men was one oh, earlier on. That, man. That takes You just brought up Mystery Men right now. <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't I, right? Fuck yeah. Well, I'm just saying there no, are No, Mystery Men slaps. <laughs> I fucking love well, I mean, Mystery Men. I like I mean, uh, Kick ass, I like that a lot. Kick yeah. ass was good. Yeah, uh, and uh, okay. new uh, new Secret characters. Service, no, but is it was it called Secret? No, the comic was called Secret Service Kingsman. Okay, yeah, those yeah, I haven't, which I haven't into. seen those. I haven't seen those. I, I have not gotten yeah. to the comic was fucking fantastic. Yeah. But it was Watchmen. The that, comic came at a time when Mark Millar real after the Kick Ass movie came out, he realized like, oh, all I have to do. Is do like one or two story arcs of a comic and then just option it for a movie. David yeah. and I, David and I ate lunch with one of our fans the other day. One and of your fans, yeah, one of our, our fans. one of ours, uh, one of our fans, and uh, he said that uh, he doesn't like it when one of us hasn't seen the movie. And I, yeah, so I had to break a self-imposed, a Carlos-like ban on these movies to catch up and then ultimately watch Endgame because we were going to watch it on the thing. I also thought to myself, I've put it off long enough. Let me. Th- this is a w- world cultural event, mm-hmm. you know, that people will talk about the way that they talked about where they saw the first film. Star Wars yeah. film or, yeah, yeah. Moon landing. Maybe. I don't know. We've got to kind of see if these kind of stand the test of time. And, and Spider-Man's the first indication of will it because it's the first one since Endgame. But, but real well, quick. I think they will. Uh, I yeah. did not. I, I, I watched the minimum required to get the story up until Endgame. Endgame, yeah. And then Captain Marvel came out. No, Captain Marvel came out before Endgame. It did, yeah. But I didn't care, since that wasn't on the essential list. Yeah. And there's a reference in uh, the post-credit sequence, the second one, there's two, in Spider-Man, Far From Home. There's two. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Where there's characters that I didn't know. A thing happens and characters are revealed, and I had to ask someone else, and they said, oh, that's a Captain Marvel thing. And I'm not going to go back and see Captain Marvel. Yeah. Like I'm not so oh, tied. It's a good film. I'm not. Is sure, it? Sure, it's fine. I, I'm not so tied to all of this, and I really don't like where it's going. This big, the, the, where where it is, the universe concept where all of the consumerism is required for you to enjoy one piece of it. Like that's that's well, troublesome to me. See, I, and I, it's all locked together so that you go to the tickets right? again, like, buy hey, tickets but, again and again. But let's talk the about the release of Endgame. You know, the, seeing Far From Home, mm-hmm. which you know is the the sort of root of us talking about this yeah. here. That when I saw that film, I was impressed by it. I enjoyed it immensely. I thought it was a lot of fun. I don't think I needed to see anything else to enjoy it. I mean, I think they do a pretty good job. They did a damn good job I think, catching you up. I think Endgame... But you have seen everything else. No. I haven't seen everything. Well, most of it. I've I've seen probably 75% of the Marvel Cinematic Universe That's stuff. a lot. It is. It is. Um, but I haven't seen everything. 
And well, okay. I'm just saying. All I right, mean, all right. Because I, right. I haven't seen Civil Only War. Only the Sith I still deal is an absolute. I, I still it. haven't seen Civil War. You don't need to see it. It's a waste. Well, of but time. it's where they bring in uh, Spider-Man. Or yeah, right, but who the, gives the, a shit? He's there for like ten minutes. Well, I feel. I quips. feel like oh, if God. you watched Endgame and got through it without having a lot of essential questions, uh-huh. you don't really need to go back at that point. No, not you at don't all. have to. No. Now, but now we begin to see. Well, they say that mm-hmm. this is the birth of the next phase, and then they shifted the next that saga. They shifted right. that because there were say, three phases, right? In the Infinity okay. saga, yeah, good yeah. call. The next saga. Uh, they shifted that to say no, 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 no. Actually, Spider-Man: Far From Home is the conclusion of the saga phase. They say the that's phase. this is the conclusion. yeah. They shifted they do, that, yeah, huh. they do, yeah. And I then, that. and and I wonder how much if there were any reshoots or additions to because they spend. The, the the first few minutes of the film bridging the gap between the snap and then what they call the blip right and then how it all makes sense yeah if he has f- been gone for five years right that's all <laughs> I just I did, did I interrupt you too far no I just I, I'm not sure where they, I mean they do that with oh so film. anyway so so now now it's all wrapped up Tony Stark is a hero uh, yeah revered by all for yeah. his sacrifice a martyr uh, to a degree, and then uh, we have a whole brand new adventure. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, to me, it was just a lot of fun. But it was also like it's about high school kids mm-hmm. on a trip, and they're having this. I mean, there was a funny kind of um, lightness about the film, as much as there were some stakes, and there, yes, there is a villain, mm-hmm. and there's twists, and all that. You know, like th- that's all there. But there was just a lot of fun, and yeah. I think I like. Tom Holland. I think he's a good Spider-Man. He's my favorite I think of them. He's the best one for sure. I like sure. I like. Uh, uh, is hey, it, is it Zendaya? Zendaya. Yeah. Zendaya as uh, Mary Jane. Uh-huh. I think she's got kind of an interesting presence. I did not watch her on the Disney Channel, but I'm currently you watching didn't? her in. <laughs> but I'm currently watching her in the series Euphoria on oh, HBO. She's in that? Yeah, she's the main. She's the. She's central the main character. one. Okay, she's like the. Yeah, like she's I'm gonna the start, voiceover narrator. I'm gonna start she's, watching it soon. It's interesting. Kylie's I, caught up with it. It is tough him. to watch as a parent who has children that will be <laughs> teenagers not too soon, not too far from not now. Not too far off. Yeah. Um, where I'm just like, yeah, there, there's the, after every episode, Aaron like will turn to me and is like. That's really heavy shit. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. That it's it's it is not a pleasant view of uh, what it means to be a teenager these days. That's right. Um, but so it's interesting to see her as like very similar. I mean, she doesn't. I don't know. I mean, the way she carries she doesn't change the way so she carries herself is very similar. Mm. Um, okay. You know, she's got this kind of like sarcastic kind of like know it all edge to her, and I say know it all. Not in an. I'm trying not to be negative because you know there are people who come off as know-it-alls that I'd be like, oh fuck you. Yeah. yeah. But she has I get, a way. I get what you're saying. She has a way of carrying herself that I still find appealing. Yeah. But you know, kind of like a too cool for school. But then there is like a vulnerability still there, kind of behind it. It's interesting to see her bring that to the Mary Jane character. But also, you know, see her use it in this character that has some real issues going on in the in the other series. So that 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 was kind of an interesting experience to have with that, and it was cool to see. You know, I like Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he's he's I, great. He he's one of my faves from my generation uh, of Your actors. Generation. Yeah, he's like 
maybe a year younger than me. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I, guess, I guess the way that I see generations of actors isn't that the actor is the same age as me, but that the actor Achieved. became prominent well, at a time did. when the I was paying popular. attention. Well, that's to I mean, like when I saw Donnie Donnie Darko, that was yeah, about okay. the time that I was. You know, I mean, I was yeah, probably yeah. into film a few he, years before that, but that he was, was pretty young, I guess. When he yeah, he was, jumped off. I yeah. like Donnie Darko a lot. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Donnie Darko's great. Looper was no, a great film. I mean, he's done a lot of really what, interesting. What did you say? Looper. He was in Looper. Yeah. No. No. Wait. No. 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 Oh shit! What was the one on the train? The one that he goes fuck? back in time. The time travel. Oh shit! I don't know what oh, you're well, talking about. What are we talking about? about? Are we talking Jake about Jake Gyllenhaal? Well, I'm just yeah. Him and. In Spider-Man, I thought it was cool to see him come into Jake Gyllenhaal went back in time on a train. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that. Damn, who was that? Zodiac. You closed your computer. Zodiac is prisoners. Prisoner is good. Anyway, Bubble Boy. So I enjoyed it. Now, okay, I've, I've, I've taken us too far off. But you, you You said fun too. You said fun. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. This one got us back to the fun of the original Iron Man. And the fun of the original X Men one and two was X Men fun. I enjoyed the movie. I had a fun I mean, time I mean, at a I, superhero film. I liked them, but they're pretty dark. But I wasn't X-Men watching movies. the building block of a larger thing. Yeah, it was, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You follow I, me? I, I get what you're saying. Spider Man is my favorite comic character. I own books. I own, I own boxes. Wait, of do you comic have boxes books. of Spider Man? Boxes of them, bro. <laughs> And I'm telling you, so when Spider-Man comes out, I take it seriously because I enjoy that character. That's how I feel about Andrew Batman. Garfield, a misstep, all of it. Oh, yeah. Um, um, what a nightmare. Tobey Maguire 3, uh, horrible. No, 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 we don't talk about that. It's a bad, we bad, don't talk about bad movie. 3. But Tom Holland has has gotten it back to where it's supposed to be. No, he's crushing it. It's where what Peter Parker is, a yeah. high school student. For sure. Who gets powers that he is not of an age to have lived a life to understand the responsibility that he has? One hundred percent. I mean, and he does that in this movie. I don't want okay. to do this. You're calling on me to be the Avenger. Yeah. When the main Avengers are gone. Yeah. I don't want that job. Yeah. I'm gonna leave my suit at home for sure and not take it with me to Europe. I. I mean, I. I think he's a good Spider-Man, but he's not a good enough Spider-Man to get me into the theater in the wake of all of the Infinity Saga fatigue. I mean, I completely I can, understand what I, you mean, but 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 I can acknowledge that he is the best Spider-Man. If this was a Captain America movie, I probably wouldn't have gone to see it unless we needed to. Source code. <laughs> Source code. That was what the film the I was talking fuck? about. You never saw that? Fuck no. It was really good. Uh, was it? David Bowie's son made it. Yeah. Have you not, Duncan Jones? No, it, no, I, is a great I, film. Moon is amazing. Moon, um, and you just and then you just ignore the rest of what well, he does. When I saw Moon, I was like, it, I was of an age where I was becoming interested in film, but I wasn't like following certain directors yet. Oh, so yeah. it wasn't until he made the World of Warcraft movie that oh, I, I never saw that. That one. I realized he had been the one that made Moon. Okay. Like I didn't know that at the time. Hmm. Um but I I think I think I saw Moon just cuz it was like on Netflix or something and it was Sam Rockwell. Yeah. And I became a Sam Rockwell fan at a young age cuz of his role in uh the Charlie's Angels movie with uh-huh. uh, Drew Barrymore. I thought he was really good in that and I just always had this like connection to him from that movie. Uh-huh. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's that guy. And 
and for Matchstick Men as well. Uh, and I was like, oh, I'll check this out. It seems kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And I watched it. And I was like, whoa, that was different. That was a ride that yeah. I just I was yeah. like not expecting that at all. What I what I just got out of what I just got out of that movie. And so, yeah. But I I I had no idea it was David Bowie's son like it at all at all. Okay. Yeah. I will say this, and we can move away from Spider Man. Yeah. After the second post credit sequence, and that that saga is over. They don't give you an indication of what the next saga is even going to begin to be. Other than to just leave you feeling like you can't trust anything that you thought you knew about what those characters were and who they were and all that. Yeah, no, I mean, which I think is fine. I mean, I think it's like, if it's almost kind of like hitting a reset button and saying I, like, okay, we're, when we come back, right. <laughs> who knows what, I will when also we say return, second beer. Mysterio <laughs> is creating illusions. Okay. Right. Like right. at the end of the day, we learn that Mysterio is not, the hero I mean, is his thing, creating right? illusions. Yeah. Well, yeah, but we're learning his thing yeah. uh, as a, a viewer of the first time of seeing Mysterio. There's a time when he creates an illusion that Spider-Man is in and doesn't know where reality is and where reality isn't. David, do you know the, the sequence I'm talking about when yeah. he's tripping through yeah. uh, one of Mysterio's creations? Peter Parker does acid? It was awesome. It was but, fantastic. But it's like drone... Comic book uh, action. Yeah. That whole sequence that will go down in the MCU's like top ten sequences. I, I compare it to there is that sequence in the Doctor Strange film that ha- yeah. is, is like the extended sort of psychedelic right. sequence. And but I would also like like Spider Verse and the freedom that you have with the animated yeah, film. Well, like it, it brought that into more real life. Like you yeah. can see like a real life almost version of some of the I'll go see fantastical parts of that film. You saw Spider-Verse, right? I'll go see the sequel to that. Have you seen Spider-Verse? Yeah, I'll go see the sequel to that. It's really, Um, really good. But also, um, I'm pretty sure the scene you're talking about, it's it's been explicitly stated that it was inspired by Into the Spider-Verse. The director has said, point blank. Okay. Like, hadn't read that. He saw early cuts of the Spider-Verse film, because that's just a few months ago. It It was a minute ago. I mean, it won an Oscar. Yeah, but it came out in like December. I mean, we're that was seven, eight months ago. Yeah, but they must have been. I mean, they they would have shot. But they would this have film. shot the scene I inspired mean, by it. Sure. Uh, yeah, he must uh, have seen early footage and then I'm decided. Sure, I mean, but that yeah. scene's largely CGI anyway. I mean, that might have been created after the fact. Anyway, yeah. regardless. All right. Yeah, but but that I mean that is definitely a thing. Um, in in light of my superhero hatred, it is Spider Verse great movie. <laughs> can you Nick spend, Cage is in it. I mean, what more do you want? Can you yeah. spend more than two or three minutes describing what makes a horror movie and why Midsummer doesn't qualify? Well, he well, said it. Well, it, for, it gets too silly. Yeah, he, for, he, for me, Midsummer doesn't qualify because it gets silly and laughable. And see, from, it's kind of had it not though, you would have classified it a horror movie. If the if the if the climax had been more. To me, at least, horrific. I mean, it, I mean, Midsummer is a horror movie. I say that it's not because I think it's stupid. Okay. And I think that it doesn't achieve what it's, it's a well. To it's not a well executed horror movie for your tastes. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I think they're. I'm. I've never really thought that hard about this before, so I'm going to do my best, like off the top of my head. But I think that for there to be a horror movie, there has to be some kind of final person typically a final girl or maybe even a final small group, but typically a single person. Um, There needs to be some kind of very clear antagonist. Um, 
there needs to be probably like a minimum of like three or four significant kills. Um, there needs to be an element of suspense. Um, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I've never, I've never really thought. Is super Silence hard about of it. the Lamb a horror movie? Yeah, Silence for of the sure, one hundred percent. Yeah, you have a final girl and Clarice Starling. It's ho- have, there are horrific images, but is it more of a thriller? I think I think it's a horror movie because uh, I I mean I think the tone of it lends itself to horror in that it's incredibly it deals it deals with horrific content mm-hmm. in a suspenseful way and there's a certain level of violence to it um that isn't you know i i I think that at at least in the violence in the way it's depicted between horror and action is in in action it tends to be glorified and kind of fun and like you breeze past a lot of the violence or whatever but in 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 horror it's more unsettling and meant Mm -hmm. to shock you and i I think maybe that's the word that really separates horror tends to be kind of shocking you know And also in action, <laughs> excuse me, I think you usually have a protagonist or set of protagonists that feel very confident and they are moving through this danger in a way that is about they're, they're going to be able to overcome any, any obstacles they, they come over. Whereas horror is a lot about vulnerability yeah. and not being able to, in that, that constant fear that one isn't going to be able to overcome what it is yeah. that they're going to... I think horror tends to not end well, too. Sure. Well, or or it may, um, but then, you know... I mean, uh, but someone surviving isn't ending well. Not always. Sometimes, but, but yeah. I mean, I, I mean, even in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, when she survives, I mean, what she's been through, like, yeah. what, what's worse, surviving or having been killed, you know, like... Right, right, So yes. so, so even... Surviving like, if being killed is via meat hook. So yeah, sure. That'd be that, horrible. That would yeah. be horrible. Cut my head off. Yeah, but when you when you have a character like that, that's like you know, because in an action movie, sure. I mean, there can be as much violence as you want there to be, but at the end, you know, if the character survives or accomplishes his goal or whatever the fuck that it is, you know, you're like, oh yeah, great. Like you're living your best life. Like you really. You really came through. Good yeah, for you. Yeah. You did your thing. You may I'm, have had I'm to kill a hundred people to get there. Yeah, but hey, but in you a, got there. But in, but in a horror film, even if someone survives, it's not necessarily positive. Like it's still right. like, damn, that fucking sucks. What just happened to you? Yeah, and, man, I just don't know. You know, like, is I think yeah, you know, I, I and I think that's one of the great things about horror and like the idea of a final girl is that even though they survive it's like the stuff you just went through i mean you know and which is part of what i liked about midsummer is that like you have that same thing you have a final girl she has just gone through all this stuff but then the way that she survives it i think even more profoundly seems like oh christ is that it's not good that she got through. <laughs> like, this is it. She was digging it. She was, but I'm not. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, like, okay, you survived all that. Wait, you su- survived all that to now become part of this. Thing. And now you are part of the 
evil. You're 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 now part of what, and you've is... got nowhere else to go. So I mean, you got no family, and she doesn't want to. Yeah. I mean, she's she's happy. I mean, the, the, the smile. Anyway, did we All shoot right. the shit sufficiently? I think so. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of shit. <laughs> I, right, so Maine Beer Company. We visited them before. Be two hour this is their thank you 2019. Yeah. Uh huh. At the bottom it says, "Do what's right." Did they? Did they make this correctly? Yeah, good beer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's... I, I've never in all of my years, my literally like maybe one single year <laughs> of having tried things from Ingberg, I've never had anything I didn't like. Yeah, yeah. They, make, they make great beer. It's, it is funny, though, to have it after just having a couple of these powerhouse New England IPAs uh-huh. where... It, it's funny because it is it's a it's a lighter you know lighter in ABV I yeah. think lighter in body lighter in it's well executed it is delicious but it it definitely harkens back to a a pastime of of uh, American IPAs mm-hmm. before IPAs. they were yeah now not super bitter uh-huh. I mean it's so, no. uh, not in that sense it's not like an old school bitter. West Coast IPA but you know one that's I think very Delicious, very drinkable, um, but just not going for that, you know, super... Yeah. They, they, yeah. They're remarkably gimmick-free. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they're they're minimalist, right? right? I mean, their their label art, everything is just about... I love about the label art. ...being stripped down, yeah. and and that fits with the, the kind of recipes they go for. Yeah. Well, we'll have to get together over at my place sometime to taste some more of the stuff that we brought. Back. I hope so. Yeah. I'm always Just into that. Let me know. Well, that was our hundredth beer. Cheers to a hundred more. It was our cheers. It was our hundredth beer. Absolutely. Um, here's a here's a beer and a movie exclusive. Beer is good. <laughs> As a whole, this beer is pretty good. Uh, have you had anything from Maine Brewing Company before? Did you like Midsummer? Have you seen Wicker Man? Do you like it? How do you feel about what's going on with the MCU right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, let us know. You know where to find us. We tell you every time. You can find us on Twitter at Beer Movie Show. You can find us on Instagram at Beer and a Movie. And you can find us at Facebook.com slash Beer and a Movie TX. As always, Beer and a Movie Podcast.com is our home base. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe. Stay abreast on when we're dropping new episodes. Typically, it's every Wednesday. Uh, we're pretty, we've gotten pretty good at sticking to that lately. And if you haven't already, we know you want to, but please rate and review the show. We know you're going to give us that five-star rating, but if you can, please go ahead and leave a short comment. Uh, written review you know tell us uh tell us what you like what you don't like what you want to see in the future maybe we'll do another themed episode that you're going to be super into or that you want to hear us talk about uh and as always send us beer if there's something in your area that you think is truly exceptional that is truly fantastic that we need to drink and that we need to talk about and that we need to highlight and or showcase go ahead and send it send it to us um as i've said before it's a two-way street so you'll get something back who knows? We'll uh, dip into our respective cellars and try to find uh, something worth your while, something worth your trouble. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. Be a fun little beer exchange. Uh, but yeah, this has been uh, Beer in a Movie, Midsummer, Wicker Man, 100th Beer. Quite a milestone shooting the shit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Don't you see that killing me is not going to bring back your apples? <laughs>